Act Two of The Double Dealer by William Congreve. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One Lady Froth and Cynthia. Indeed, madam, is it possible your ladyship could have been so much in love? I could not sleep. I did not sleep one wink for three weeks together. Prodigious! I wonder want of sleep and so much love and so much wit as your ladyship has did not turn your brain. Oh, my dear Cynthia, you must not rally your friend. But really, as you say, I wonder too. But then I had a way. For between you and I, I had whimsies and vapours. But I gave them vent. How, pray, madam? Oh, I writ writ abundantly do you never write write what songs elegies satires encomiums panegyrics lampoons plays or heroic poems no oh, lord not i madam i'm content to be a courteous reader oh inconsistent in love and not right if my lord and i had been both of your temper we had never come together oh bless me what a sad thing that would have been if my lord and i should never have met then neither my lord nor you would have ever met with your match on my conscience. My conscience no more we should, thou sayest right. For sure my lord Froth is as fine a gentleman and as much a man of quality. Ah, nothing at all of the common air. I think I may say he wants nothing but a blue ribbon and a star to make him shine, the very phosphorus of our hemisphere. Do you understand those two hard words? If you don't, I'll explain them to you. Yes, yes, madam, I'm not so ignorant. Aside. At least I won't own it to be troubled with your instructions. Nay, I beg your pardon, but being derived from the Greek, I thought you might have escaped the etymology. But I'm the more amazed to find you a woman of letters and not right. Bless me, how can Melifont believe you love him? Why, faith, madam, he that won't take my word shall never have it under my hand. I vow Melifont's a pretty gentleman— but methinks he wants a manner. A manner? What's that, madam? Some distinguishing quality. As, for example, the bel air or brillant of Mr. Brisk. The solemnity yet complaisance of my lord, or something of his own that should look a little je ne sais quoi-ish. He is too much a mediocrity in my mind. He does not indeed affect either pertness or formality, for which I like him. Here he comes. And my lord with him. Pray, observe the difference. Scene two. To them, Lord Froth, Melifont, and Brisk. Cynthia, aside. Pertinent creature. I could almost be angry with her now. My lord, I have been telling Cynthia how much I have been in love with you. I swear I have. I'm not ashamed to own it now. Ah, it makes my heart leap. I vow I sigh when I think on it. My dear lord. <laughs> Do you remember, my lord? Squeezes him by the hand, looks kindly on him, sighs, and then laughs out. <sighs> Pleasant creature. Perfectly well. Ah, that look. Ay, there it is. Who could resist? T'was so my heart was made a captive first, 
and ever since tas been in love with happy slavery oh that tongue that dear deceitful tongue that charming softness in your mien and your expression and then your bow good my lord bow as you did when i gave you my picture here suppose this my picture gives him a pocket glass pray mind my lord ah he bows charmingly he bows profoundly low then kisses the glass nay my lord you shan't kiss it so much i shall grow jealous i vow now i saw myself there and kissed it for your sake ah gallantry to the last degree mr brisky or a judge was ever anything so well bred as my lord never anything but your ladyship let me perish oh prettily turned again let me die but you have a great deal of wit mr mellifont don't you think mr brisk has a world of wit oh yes madam oh dear madam an infinite deal oh heavens madam more wit than anybody i'm everlastingly your humble servant deuce take me madam don't you think us a happy couple i vow my lord i think you the happiest couple in the world for you're not only happy in one another and when you are together but happy in yourselves and by yourselves i hope Meliphant will make a good husband too tis my interest to believe he will my lord do you think he'll love you as well as i do my wife i'm afraid not i believe he'll love me better heavens that can never be but why do you think so because he has not so much reason to be fond of himself oh your humble servant for that dear madam well Meliphant, you'll be a happy creature ay my lord i shall have the same reason for my happiness that your lordship has i shall think myself happy ah that's all risk to lady froth your ladyship is in the right but uh, egad i'm wholly turned into satire i confess i write but seldom but when i do keen iambics egad but my lord was telling me your ladyship has made an essay toward an heroic poem did my lord tell you yes i vow and the subject is my lord's love to me and what do you think i call it i dare swear you won't guess the syllabub <laughs> because my lord's title's froth he can <laughs> deuce take me very apropos and surprising <laughs> he ay is it not and then i call my lord spumoso and myself what do you think i call myself lactilla maybe uh cat i cannot tell biddy that's all just my own name biddy egad very pretty a deuce take me if your ladyship has not the art of surprising the most naturally in the world i hope you'll make me happy in communicating the poem oh you must be my confidant i must ask your advice i'm your humble servant <laughs> let me perish i presume your ladyship has read a bossu oh yes and racine and dossier upon aristotle and horace my lord you must not be jealous i'm communicating all to mr brisk no no i'll allow mr brisk have you nothing about you to show him my dear yes i believe i have mr brisk come 
Will you go into the next room? And there I'll show you what I have. I'll walk a turn in the garden and come to you. Scene three. Melifont, Cynthia. You're thoughtful, Cynthia. I'm thinking, though marriage makes man and wife one flesh, it leaves them still two fools, and they become more conspicuous by setting off one another. That's only when two fools meet, and their follies are opposed. Nay, I have known two wits meet, and by the opposition of their wit render themselves as ridiculous as fools. Tis an odd game we're going to play at. What think you of drawing stakes and giving over in time? No, Hanked, that's not endeavouring to win, because it's possible we may lose, since we have shuffled and cut. Let's even turn up Trump now. Then I find it's like cards. If either of us have a good hand, it is an accident of fortune. No, marriage is rather like a game of bowls. Fortune indeed makes the match, and the two nearest, and sometimes the two farthest, are together. But the game depends entirely upon judgment. Still, it is a game, and consequently one of us must be a loser. Not at all. Only a friendly trial of skill, and the winnings to be laid out in an entertainment. What's here? The music? Oh, my lord has promised the company a new song. We'll get him to give it us, by the way. Musicians crossing the stage. Pray, let us have the favour of you to practice the song before the company hear it. Song. Cynthia frowns when her I woo her, yet she's vexed if I give over. Much she fears I should undo her, but much more to lose her lover. Thus in doubting she refuses, and not winning thus she loses. Prithee, Cynthia, look behind you, age and wrinkles will o'ertake you. Then too late desire will find you, when the power must forsake you. Think, or oh, think, of oh, the sad condition, to be past, yet wish fruition. You shall have my thanks below. To the musicians, they go out. Scene four. To them, Sir Paul Pliant and Lady Pliant. Gad's bud, I am provoked into a fermentation, as my Lady Froth says. Was ever the like read of in story? Sir Paul, have patience. Let me alone to rattle him up. Pray, your ladyship, give me leave to be angry. I'll rattle him up, I warrant you. I'll firk him with the centiorare. You firk him. I'll firk him myself. Pray, Sir Paul, hold you contented. Bless me, what makes my father in such a passion? I never saw him thus before. Hold yourself contented, my lady pliant. I find passion coming upon me by inflation, and I cannot submit as formerly. Therefore, give way. How now? Will you be pleased to retire and... No. Mary, will I not be pleased? I am pleased to be angry. That's my pleasure at this time. What can this mean? Ah, oh, 
gads my life the man's distracted why how now who are you what am i slidikins can't i govern you what did i marry you for am i not to be absolute and uncontrollable is it fit a woman of my spirit and conduct should be contradicted in a matter of this concern it concerns me and only me besides i'm not to be governed at all times when i am in tranquillity my lady pliant shall command sir paul but when i am provoked to fury i cannot incorporate with patience and reason as soon may tigers match with tigers lambs with lambs and every creature couple with its foe as the poet says he's hot-headed still tis in vain to talk to you but remember i have a curtain lecture for you you disobedient headstrong brute no tis because i won't be headstrong because i won't be a brute and have my head fortified that i am thus exasperated but i will protect my honour and yonder is the violator of my fame tis my honour that is concerned and the violation was intended to me <laughs> your honour you have none but what is in my keeping and i can dispose of it when i please therefore don't provoke me mm, gads bud she says true well my lady march on i will fight under you then i am convinced as far as passion will permit lady pliant and sir paul come up to mellifont inhuman and treacherous thou serpent and first tempter of womankind bless me sir madam what mean you thy thy come away thy touch him not come hither girl go not near him there's nothing but deceit about him snakes are in his peruke and the crocodile of nilus is in his belly he will eat thee up alive dishonourable impudent creature for heaven's sake madam to whom do you direct this language oh, have i behaved myself with all the decorum and nicety befitting the person of sir paul's wife have i preserved my honour as it were in a snow-house for these three years past have i been white and unsullied even by sir paul himself nay she has been an invincible wife even to me that's the truth aunt have i i say preserved myself like a fair sheet of paper for you to make a blot upon and she shall make a simile with any woman in england i am amazed i know not what to say do you think my daughter this pretty creature gad's bud she's a wife for a cherubim do you think her fit for nothing but to be a stalking horse to stand before you while you take aim at my wife gad's bud i was never angry before in my life and i'll never be appeased again Mellifont aside 
Hell and damnation. This is my aunt. Such malice can be engendered nowhere else. Sir Paul, take Cynthia from his sight. Leave me to strike him with the remorse of his intended crime. Pray, sir, stay, hear him. I dare affirm he's innocent. Innocent? Why, harky, come hither, thy... Harky, I had it from his aunt, my sister Touchwood. Gad's bud, he does not care a farthing for anything of thee but thy portion. Why, he's in love with my wife. He would have tantalized thee and made a cuckold of thy poor father, and that would certainly have broke my heart. I'm sure, if ever I should have horns, they would kill me. They would never come kindly. I should die of them like a child that was cutting his teeth. I should indeed. Thy, therefore, come away. But providence has prevented all. Therefore, come away when I bid you. I must obey. Scene 5. Lady Pliant, Melifont. Oh, such a thing! The impiety of it startles me! To wrong so good, so fair a creature, and one that loves you tenderly! Tis a barbarity of barbarities, and nothing could be guilty of it! But the greatest villain imagination can form, I grant it, and the next to the villainy of such a fact is the villainy of aspersing me with a guilt! How? Which way was I to wrong her? for yet I understand you not. Why, gads, my life, cousin Melfond, you cannot be so peremptory as to deny it when I tax you with it to your face. For now Sir Paul's gone. You are quorum nobus. By heaven, I love her more than life, or... <laughs> Fiddle-faddle, don't tell me of this and that and everything in the world, but give me... Mathemacular demonstration. Answer me directly. Oh, but I have not patience. Oh, the impiety of it, as I was saying, and the unparalleled wickedness. Oh, merciful father, how could you think to reverse nature so, to make the daughter the means of procuring the mother? The daughter to procure the mother? I for though i am not cynthia's own mother i am her father's wife and that's near enough to make it incest Melifont aside incest oh my precious aunt and the devil in conjunction oh reflect upon the horror of that and then the guilt of deceiving everybody oh, marrying the daughter only to make a cuckold of the father and then seducing me, debauching my purity, and perverting me from the road of virtue in which I have trod thus long, and never made one trip, not one faux pas. Oh, consider it! What would you have to answer for if you should provoke me to frailty? Alas, humanity is feeble, heaven knows, very feeble and unable to support itself where am i is it day and am i awake madam and nobody knows how circumstances may happen together to my thinking now i could resist the strongest temptation but yet i know tis impossible for me to know whether i could 
or not there's no certainty in the things of this life madam pray give me leave to ask you one question oh lord ask me the question i'll swear i refuse it i'll swear i'll deny it therefore don't ask me nay you shan't ask me i swear i'll deny it oh gemini you have brought all the blood into my face i warrant i am as red as a turkey cock oh fie cousin Melfont! nay madam hear me i mean hear you no no i'll deny you first and hear you afterwards for one does not know how one's mind may change upon hearing hearing is one of the senses and all the senses are fallible i won't trust my honour i assure you my honour is infallible and uncomettable for heaven's sake madam oh name it no more bless me how can you talk of heaven and have so much wickedness in your heart <sighs> maybe you don't think it a sin they say some of you gentlemen don't think it a sin <sighs> maybe it is no sin to them that don't think it so indeed if i did not think it a sin <sighs> but still my honour if it were no sin but then to marry my daughter for the conveniency of frequent opportunities oh i'll never consent to that as sure as can be i'll break the match death and amazement madam upon my knees nay nay rise up come you shall see my good nature i know love is powerful and nobody can help his passion tis not your fault nor i swear it is not mine how can i help it if i have charms and how can you help it if you are made a captive i swear it is pity it should be a fault but my honour well but your honour too but the sin well but the necessity oh lord here's somebody coming i dare not stay well you must consider of your crime and strive as much as can be against it strive be sure but don't be melancholic don't despair but never think that i'll grant you anything oh lord no but be sure you lay aside all thoughts of the marriage for though i know you don't love cynthia only as a blind for your passion to me yet it will make me jealous oh lord what did i say jealous no no i can't be jealous for i must not love you therefore don't hope but don't despair neither oh they're coming i must fly scene six Melifont alone after a pause so then spite of my care and foresight i am caught caught in my security yet this was but a shallow artifice unworthy of my machiavellian art there must be more behind this is but the first flash the priming of her engine destruction follows hard if not most presently prevented scene seven to him maskwell maskwell welcome 
thy presence is a view of land appearing to my shipwrecked hopes the witch has raised the storm and her ministers have done their work you see the vessels are parted i know it i met sir paul towing away cynthia come trouble not your head i'll join you together ere to-morrow morning or drown between you in the attempt there is comfort in a hand stretched out to one that's sinking though ne'er so far off no sinking nor no danger come cheer up why you don't know that while i plead for you your aunt has given me a retaining fee nay i am your greatest enemy and she does but journey work under me ha how's this what do you think of my being employed in the execution of all her plots ha 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 by heaven it's true i have undertaken to break the match i have undertaken to make your uncle disinherit you to get you turned out of doors and to ha, 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 i can't tell you for laughing oh she has opened her heart to me i am to turn you a grazing and to ha, 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 marry cynthia myself there's a plot for you ha oh see i see my rising sun light breaks through clouds upon me and i shall live and die oh my maskwell how shall i thank thee or praise thee thou hast outwitted woman but tell me how couldst thou thus get into her confidence ha how but was it her contrivance to persuade my lady pliant to this extravagant belief it was and to tell you the truth i encouraged it for your diversion though it made you a little uneasy for the present yet the reflection of it must needs be entertaining i warrant she was very violent at first <laughs> i a very fury but i was most afraid of her violence at last if you had not come as you did i don't know what she might have attempted <laughs> i know her temper well you must know then that all my contrivances were but bubbles till at last i pretended to have been long secretly in love with cynthia that did my business that convinced your aunt i might be trusted since it was as much my interest as hers to break the match then she thought my jealousy might qualify me to assist her in her revenge and in short in that belief told me the secrets of her heart at length we made this agreement if i accomplish her designs as i told you before she has engaged to put cynthia with all her fortune into my power she is most gracious in her favour well and dear jack how hast thou contrived i would not have you stay to hear it now for i don't know but she may come this way i am to meet her anon after that i'll tell you the whole matter be here in this gallery an hour hence 
by that time i imagine our consultation may be over i will till then success attend thee scene eight maskwell alone till then success will attend me for when i meet you i meet the only obstacle to my fortune cynthia let thy beauty gild my crimes and whatsoever i commit of treachery or deceit shall be imputed to me as a merit treachery what treachery love cancels all the bonds of friendship and sets men right upon their first foundations duty to kings piety to parents gratitude to benefactors and fidelity to friends are different and particular ties but the name of rival cuts em all asunder and is a general acquittance rival is equal and love like death a universal leveller of mankind ha but is there not such a thing as honesty yes and whoever has it about him bears an enemy in his breast for your honest man as i take it is that nice scrupulous conscientious person who will cheat nobody but himself such another coxcomb as your wise man who is too hard for all the world and will be made a fool of by nobody but himself <laughs> well for wisdom and honesty give me cunning and hypocrisy oh tis such a pleasure to angle for fair-faced fools then that hungry gudgeon credulity will bite at anything why let me see i have the same face the same words and accents when i speak what i do think and when i speak what i do not think the very same and dear dissimulation is the only art not to be known from nature why will mankind be fools and be deceived and why are friends and lovers oaths believed when each who searches strictly his own mind may so much fraud and power of baseness find end of act two